I remember when I joined advertising in the mid 80s, it was considered down market to sort of use Hindi in anything, I mean, which which is absurd given the fact that in India, you know, only a tiny fraction of people, you know, speak English. So if you look back on the last World Cup, you know, which is where you see the largest assemblage of advertising in in one place, the quality of advertising was was pathetic. I mean, it was it was sad. It has huge capabilities. You are losing something as a result. It is possible that technology will evolve enough so that we don't lose that. So I think, I think you know, not all brands have to scale up to a thousand crores. I think this is an unsustainable model, and it is based on greed rather than on anything else. Uh, uh, cinema has, you know, has changed. It is now open to new forms and new modes of storytelling that are much more suitable for urban sort of creators. We are looking at, you know, we look at forty percent growth year on year as being peanuts. Here, the rewards are are not that great for that untapped creativity, that that you know pent up creativity that that has existed in the larger population has suddenly you know has, has has sprung forth. When you've done that, there is always a voice that keeps you real. You know, there's always a voice. You've heard the voice of the street. Welcome to Masters Decoded Season Four. What was your wake up call? What got you to all of honestly? How do you overcome self doubt? So first and foremost, how do you do that emotional portion? How do you bring that up? My next guest on today's podcast is Santosh Desai. Santosh is MD and founder of Future Brands, a very innovative company for looking forward to invest in upcoming brands. Santosh himself is a veteran in marketing and has some amazing perspective on how marketing has evolved over the years. Santosh, using his experience in marketing, is now able to invest in a very unique investment strategy in brands which are upcoming and really taking the world by storm. So if you want to learn about startups and more importantly, some unique ways of investment, then you should not miss this show. So without much further ado, let me get on with it. Hi Santosh, welcome to Masters Decoded Season 4. Really glad to have you on the show today. My pleasure to be here, uh, Anis. Santosh, uh, when I was looking at your LinkedIn and when I was looking at your, uh, you know, I saw top voice and I was, it didn't say top voice for what. And then when I doubled a little bit in your, uh, your company, which you run and the, comp- uh, the profile which you have, it just fascinated me. Uh, one question which really comes to my first uh, and I want to break through that is you've seen brands evolve, right, over the last three decades in various different ways. Uh, you know, this entire concept of brand has transformed in many, many ways, right? So do you want to share your perspective? What that transformation have you seen? What it was earlier and what it is now? Yeah. No, so it's interesting. You know, brands have had a long history in India. They've been around for ages. In fact, you look at some of the multinational brands, they are over 100 years old. Yep. So, I mean, that's sort of brands to go back. But in the early days, actually, the, what happened is there were the, the, the brands were a largely uh, a mark of assurance yeah it had two roles one was mark of assurance you had the unorganized sector you know we didn't the quality was variable so brands at a very basic rudimentary level gave you the assurance of quality yeah the other role that brand plays because of the fact that the consuming class was very very small so they became status signifiers and if i remember if i go back you know in time the kind of advertising when say cigarettes advertising was allowed or when you look at coffee mm-hmm. they were small cocoon of very upper class people yep. you know living the good life i mean so a lot of advertising representations uh, uh, tended to be so either absolutely mainstream talking to the mass uh, sort of an audience or or this uh, very rarefied uh, little cocoon mm-hmm. uh, that was what advertising uh, tended to be yeah uh, but but limited yeah. because speaking to very few people i think over the and also it was very very elitist in the sense that a lot of advertising was in english mm-hmm. Even for categories like, you know, biscuits and all which were mass categories, you had advertising which was in English. And I remember when I joined advertising in the mid 80s, it was considered down market mm-hmm. to sort of use Hindi in anything, I mean, oh, which, wow. which is absurd. Given the fact that in India, you know, only a tiny fraction of people, you know, speak English. Yep. The idea that your local language you thought of as being down market was just a sign of the kind and also the kind of people uh, who were in marketing. The people who were in advertising were of came from a small little sort of a, a class yes. a community. Yep, I think so. That was then. Then I, gradually uh, the market opened up. We started seeing also a lot of MBAs who come from you know who, who actually while being still privileged come from a relatively larger, more 
you know diverse group yep. came into the client side and therefore the brand side and the consumers uh, voice started mattering a lot yep. so brands became much more open to consumer voices you had much more use of local languages across the country you had brands that uh, started you know looking and and mining consumer emotions for insights and so you had this whole i think in the 90s or you had this whole uh, regional language and and local language revolution yeah. where a different kind of people came into the business and and created a completely different kind of a brand so i think that was what happened then over the years then of course we've had the influx of technology mm-hmm. which has uh, which has made a big difference in the way brands are uh, conceived in the way marketing is practiced yeah. today for instance the way marketing is practiced is is completely different there is much more data there is much more science at one end and on the other hand there continues to be a, a you know a lot of uh, sort of focus on the consumer because change is so rapid yeah and so dizzyingly fast that i think to keep track of changing consumers is is quite uh, challenging yeah. so you have now of course the new phenomenon is of the d2c brands yeah where you have the direct so they have a whole new class because of the fact that you know there is market access that is easy mm-hmm. there is media access that is easy everyone can you know anyone can get on the net and, and yeah. start a company and sort of start a company yeah. right and uh, you know it's not necessarily cheap but it's easy yeah. uh, so so i think you have a whole new category of creators who have come in uh, across the board but but certainly also in the brand space who are creating brands that they want to mm-hmm. buy yeah you know so they it's much more personal they are much more you know targeted at much smaller and more more clear kind of niches and and we are seeing therefore this whole phenomenon and they are funded uh because there is of the availability of capital and this new kind of a funding ecosystem allows that to happen mm-hmm. so i think we are seeing a a completely new kind of a brand uh, that is being created it has its challenges and ups and downs but but it is a a new universe there so i think over the last uh 40 odd years uh, or thereabouts that i have been uh, in the business there have been uh, changes across the board in in several different ways no and i would love to pick each era and i'm sure this will take 4 hours to just uh, pick each era out but i want to talk about some of the pivotal moments which have happened right you spoke about 90s and one of the other big infusion which happened was cable tvs which never existed i still remember you know there was one tv amongst a community and people would come together to watch that one tv and doordarshan was the only channel but then with the advent of z in india and a lot of other channels coming about at the same time which bought a lot of regional content to bear which was not accessible to many of us now but when you think about tv as a medium which has unfortunately lost its path over the years right uh, how do you feel today marketers are looking at the linear format which is called uh, are looking at advertisement in that space right and uh, you've seen that transformation in the last four decades in a big way uh, you know and linear tv has lost its interest do you think is that right statement i think that is that is largely correct i mean you can nuance it but it's largely correct mm-hmm. i think uh, what you've seen uh, television when it came was like this explosion that happened yeah. right in our lives both in terms of entertainment when cable television came yeah. and in terms of advertising along with it, it and it changed so many things yeah. uh, it made local languages uh, that was more accessible it made uh, it changed storytelling mm-hmm. which became much more inclusive much more fun in fact some of the you know if you look at uh, go back to the 90s and and the uh, you know and the knots the you will find that some of the m- most entertaining bits on television were the advertising oh yes you know i mean there was a time when advertising was really was you know and people discussed advertising avidly because it was so entertaining mm-hmm. so i think that was a time when television television created the whole cult of the celebrity it so television did a lot of things right now over a period of time what has happened is of course because of the 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 linear format and has faced challenges one is from technology mm-hmm. because you come you know which is just much more geared to the individual now yeah. every individual has their own personal way of consuming media They're, so it's a, everyone is a different kind of an animal when it comes to consuming media yeah. they have access which is personal and individual yeah. so i think that changes and fragments uh, the the idea of having hum log or something with 90% viewership is or a mahabharat with 90% viewership cannot even be imagined today yeah. the best you can do is a, is a world cup or something yeah. uh, but even that is a relatively a very small uh, you know uh, proportion of india so i think i think so media has is part of it 
technology of course uh, leading that change the other is also i think in, in some ways people have and the creation mm-hmm. has moved from formal creative producers yeah like the advertising agencies yeah. today you find creation is is now a cottage industry yeah everyone has access to the internet and yeah. if you look at some of the reels in an earlier time tiktok videos yeah. the youtube videos the kind of creativity that we see uh, that is that is a you know is teeming i mean uh, across the country and the primary source of creative energy in india has uh, even in the commercial space even in the s- small uh, sort of video space the has moved completely from the advertising industry mm-hmm. to these independent creators so advertising has lost energy so if you go, look back on the last world cup you know which is where you see the largest assemblage of advertising in, yes. in one place the quality of advertising was was pathetic and it was it was sad yeah. and i think that part of the the problem so part of the problem is is on the supply side the media yeah. the ecosystem has changed and fragmented and therefore there's very little television can do uh, you know just because it doesn't cater to yeah. uh, people's needs in the same way as as uh, you know ott etc does but the other part is also that in terms of creators the energy and the creative energy that that used to animate the industry has is nowhere near the same yeah why do you think so that's the case why do you think the creative space is becoming so bad i would say it's not even creative anymore right yeah. why is that becoming that scenario and it's not just india phenomena it's becoming a global phenomena oh, well. i think there are several factors that that go into it one is i think there is a drain there is some sort of a drain that has happened of talent mm-hmm. so you know it's just more lucrative to be in the ott space or be independent creators and make you know have the independence and freedom and still make money uh, uh cinema has you know has changed it is now open to new forms and new modes of storytelling that are much more suitable for urban sort of creators yeah. uh, to become part of that community so i think that is one uh, source of loss the other is the fact that i think the business also has become you know much much more commercially driven mm-hmm. it's much more you know it's a it's a commercially driven and b it is internationally controlled yeah so therefore what you have is uh, uh, an an enormous kind of focus on on profitability mm-hmm. at the cost of of uh, creativity very often and and the agencies have you know also because of the fact that uh the business has has fragmented so much with so many specialist skills being available yeah uh with uh, you know digital becoming and has taken so much of the money away that you also find that from the business itself has become far more complicated and far more revenue and and profit driven and therefore i think that is part of the pressure that a lot of the creative industry uh, feels yeah uh, when they you know as against an earlier time and there was much more room Mm-hmm. that was available to invest in talent to invest in and where brands also were much more willing yeah. to experiment now experimentation happens on the digital side uh, so santosh you mentioned that earlier you all had a lot of room right and lot of experimentation now is happening on the digital space but today when you know when i also talk to a lot of marketers there is that thing you know we can't have one single template anymore uh, while there can be a single template but there needs a lot of focus on personalization like if you just look at india as a market uh, you know people say there are four india uh, there are four indians uh, four indias right which exist in, within india there is the the urban urban the true urban urban then there is urban urban of sorts like and then there is urban rural and then there is rural rural and then they also talk about the real rural rural who don't have access to any media as well uh so right. there are these dimensions which exist and now they want to personalize now personalization uh when you look at india which has so much of diverse cultures diverse perspectives perceptions uh it's crazy now people want to get to that now why do you think that is becoming such a big theme because when you go back to 90s you had one template which appealed to everyone like everybody would see it and you know people would get ex- aspirational with it right when i remember the famous cadbury ad that women right. that girl dancing on it was aspirational for all of us it was not only for person who was playing cricket so you know why do you think that has become such a big norm these days i think part it is i think uh, it's an interesting question because i think at one level what is happening is it, that it is a product of the fact that we can do it yeah 
you know earlier we never had the ability now you have the ability yeah. so you have the ability to do it so now you want to you know figure out as to how, what does that get you i mean when you are able to personalize mm-hmm. what you know so and in theory you know being able to tailor a message to an individual uh, is always better than than uh, being part of a collective yeah but that theory i'm not sure is you know it may sound counterintuitive to say it but that is not the absolute truth yeah it's it is true but it's not the absolute truth because what happens is that without having a sense when you consume brands you feel like you're part of a collective yes you you derive energy from the fact that other people are seeing the same thing as you are are responding in the same way you get reassured by that fact so there is collective communal storytelling has historically been a very powerful tool we grow up yes. on the same myths we don't all of us don't grow up on individual stories we yes. have a shared pool of experiences that we which makes us belong to to any community so earlier yeah. brands were a way of belonging to communities and 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 particularly in india which is a collective society where we draw yeah. so much from from our relationship with each other we are not individuals in a fully formed sense yeah. you know we are in the process of becoming individuals so therefore this idea that you know by being able to speak to individuals in their personal capacity is somehow superior mm-hmm. and, and the problem with that is you can only do it when you automate right so you yes. have to do you know so so because you have to you can't no human being can be can be creating individual messages for everybody so you have to create yeah. it's a template of another kind where you are automating yeah. based on certain kind of responses now you can do that but as of now and ai will change this uh, maybe in the future therefore your stimulus that you go to them with is not rich enough yes you can do a small little ad right which which uses the words that you believe will trigger a positive mm-hmm. response mm-hmm. but you can't create the kind of rich experience that advertising of old used to do the cadbury's ad points of old used to do so yeah. i think what you are seeing is i think this a sort of a transitional phase where there is a fascination with new technology it's a new toy that you are playing with it has yeah. huge capabilities yeah you are losing something as a result it is possible that technology will evolve enough so that we don't lose that so that we are actually able to craft really rich stimuli to individuals yeah. and you can see that happen it will happen and in which case you know we'll overcome that problem but as of now but but even then there is some power in in a collective we watch when we watch the same film yeah there is you know we don't want to watch films that are catered and created only for us we want to watch films in a hall with other people okay. we want to f- create the shared energy yeah. and i think when when that is gone then i think there is a loss so talking about films and you know which is linked to one thing which is characters um, and there are quite a few questions on characters which i have but one of the first question on the characters like there have been some recent experiments especially in india as well i'm sure you've seen manoj bajpayee's ad where he starts speaking in different dialects and then shahrukh khan's uh, ad where he starts referring to common kiranas which uh, were there being shot depending upon where you are based off while it was very interesting it was not believable because manoj pajpai is speaking a language which right. people will not be able to relate to right is that your while there is a moment of aha in the consumer mind but there is also a moment of hey i don't believe he's speaking that language right uh, or he's my person i relate to if that company is taking that truth to that extent hey manoj pajpai is your local person right which is not the case do you believe that's that's where the can do and should do question comes up and should be asked no, i think that's yeah i think that's very well framed i think the can do and should do uh, question because i think that's the thing right now what what you want to you're flexing yeah you're flexing your new found muscles right yeah. you're saying oh i can do this you know oh, that's so cool uh, right and some of it will work but not all of it will work because right mm-hmm. now the mode is not so much does it work as much as it's so cool i can do this right and and so i think that's the the current i think challenge is is the is that there is i think a little more of the again i think a little bit we are all children with a new toy and and we are we are enjoying the experimentation with with the new enhanced capabilities that this toy has yeah. and over a period of time i think we'll figure out you know how to use it well mm-hmm. with these new toys is also and you spoke about creators right uh, today you don't need you know earlier when the ads would get created you would have the elites also show up in those ads right you would have amita bachans and amar khans and ashwari rise of the world show up today a lot of ads get created by 
common people like we've never seen those faces uh how how is that changing and putting a stress on the elites as well in many ways right do you think that's becoming a very interesting trend well i i look i i would say that it's not as if the the celebrities have gone out in fact there are celebrities in a lot of advertising that is i think what is interesting yes. and i what i would where i would uh, sort of uh, agree with what you are saying is in a slightly different way is the fact that earlier the celebrities were only those who were mega celebrities they were either film stars or creators mm-hmm. in india largely yes. these two classes have been celebrities but you needed to be something you needed to either perform on a big screen or perform on a big stage uh, in order to be called a celebrity today influencers mm-hmm. is a completely new breed that has come in that yeah. are not cele- that are celebrities to their own small community but the other outside world otherwise is clueless about them so you know you will have yep. a bunch of people who are absolute heroes in their little community but nobody else you know know them from adam you know they they're like totally yep. faceless otherwise right and and so therefore yep. you have this new kind of a class of of quasi celebrities that has got created uh, uh who mm-hmm. behave like celebrities who earn like celebrities but are celebrities of a very different kind so i think that, yep. that also that has advantages because what happens is that when these uh, people front brands they do so in a way that is extremely relatable so your local sort of a makeup person in a small town who has become uh, an influencer tells you how to use yeah. and choose a lip shade which is so relevant yeah. to their immediate milieu they will talk about mm-hmm. the idea of makeup and how what makeup means not from the lofty yeah. perch of paris runways which is what brands do but from the perch of yeah. saying you have to go to a wedding you have to go to a pta mm-hmm. right it, yeah. it it speaks from a very very local vantage point and i think it that changes the relationship consumers have with brands because it allows them to connect in a way that you could not connect when you were using the ashwarya rise of the world so uh, you know when you talk today to brands right um, you know where does the character conversation lead to are brands today still okay with the celebrities the the bollywood tollywood or any wood celebrities or they are okay with the local influencers creators like where is the preference moving towards as you talk to See, many it, big brands it depends you know on depends on the kind of client and kind of brand so there there is one client for whom a yeah. celebrity is a default option so okay, you have yeah. nothing to say you are not you know thinking too much about it so when in doubt getting a celebrity and that is seen to be actually synonymous with brand building for a lot of people oh we've mm-hmm. got so and so celebrity that is our strategy i mean so end beginning and end yeah. of strategy is hiring a celebrity right uh, uh, mm-hmm. but but you find that that is be- you know beginning to change and you find a lot of there are a lot of marketers on the other hand now who are more seasoned who use influencers as a default idea you know now how many influencers mm-hmm. do you use what kind of influence do you use so i mean that has yeah. so but i think this both of them are are props and both of them are still crutches uh you know in mm-hmm. a classical sense it is possible to build brands without either uh it is possible okay but i think they they hasten brand building in many ways they target it more sharply for for individuals if you do it right so i think we are seeing the the rise of more and more brands that are you know Uh, clued into so if if very often it's a particularly if it's a it's a brand run by a local indian entrepreneur if that person is themselves not on social media you know then mm-hmm. that world is closed they have no idea what an influencer is right so yeah. so uh, so uh, very often i mean this is a part of education that happens for people as they get a little more involved uh, then they begin to see the advantages of of using otherwise they think there is nobody who is this person this is nobody why should i spend you know lakhs of rupees do you come across sort of, you know do you come across yeah. brands big brands like these founders are nowhere no, big, big brands but but necessarily not not necessarily uh, you know they will no be entrepreneurs individual ones. entrepreneurs regional entrepreneurs they may be big brands but there are brands that are that are you know totally sort of Uh, still are making their way and feeling their way around the digital world mhm very interesting now santosh you spoke a lot about the brands and how they are looking at the individuals as well right but when you look at these individuals they can also cause a lot of harm 
and we've had those scenarios right or the brands cause a lot of harm to the individuals and there has been this age old debate which is happening within the industry about uh, you know and it's happened now in the fintech space specifically a lot of financial influencers are being reprimanded by sebi and by rbi that they are not authorized advisors and you know they are advising on certain things uh, but if you look at it on you know if somebody is talking about healthy biscuits as an example or lip shades but they may not be using those brands themselves uh, you know where do you bring those two together and how do you manage what the brand is asking and what the individual who's the protagonist who's going to be there that their demand is how do you balance the two together no i i think that's a that's a good question i think i think look it's like this you know you when you open up any new and this is like opening up a totally new universe right we've opened up the digital world mm-hmm. in yeah. the early days there are no rules mm-hmm. and and yes. so therefore it's it's the wild west everybody is doing what they can and what they can get away with right and there are no rules there's nobody to mm-hmm. hold them back there are no norms everybody is feeling their way around so which is what we have seen we've seen this with the wild west of of uh, the digital world you know at play here yeah over a period of time you know you will start seeing regulation come in you've seen sebi come in for the fintech guys you come aski which is the advertising standards council of india now makes it mandatory for anybody who's a paid endorser to declare the fact that they are paid endorsers earlier you know yeah. that was not the case you have the whole phenomenon of dark patterns which are used to mm-hmm. sort of you know you know go uh, consumers towards uh, purchase without their being aware of it so you have a lot mm-hmm. of misuse uh, you know whether it is of in these individuals who are, who sort of uh, are propagating something that is of you know interest to them but not in the interest of the consumer so i think that exists that's something to be careful about and i think it's a process by which i think we are seeing that process begin to play out where there is some order making that is coming to this wild west yeah and when you talk about these wild west do you see these wild west only in certain pockets of digital or is when i say digital is it the medium like let's say in the tiktok space or in the instagram reel space because those are fairly new spaces as compared to a linear tv right do you see those are still there are certain wild wild west kind of top uh, mediums which are still out there yeah certainly i mean i you look at i mean twitter is the ultimate you know it, it is a sewer i mean uh, you know it's not just the wild west <laughs> you know uh, you know i mean you look at what is yes, happening on right. twitter it is you know i mean fortunately you know i mean it's not the most active space for brands but in the political and yeah. the cultural arena uh, twitter is a cesspool mm-hmm. is an absolute cesspool right? yeah. x now so uh, and then you know and it's very difficult to regulate although there are some self regulation uh, efforts even there you have community notes etc but but mm-hmm. uh, uh, so you do see that on all 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 social media side is by its very nature when you democratize a medium yeah. so much where everybody has access broadcast rights you know which in the history of humanity mm-hmm. you've never had where everybody has broadcast yeah. rights right so when you have that you're bound to have a lot of rubbish that comes up uh, and you have yeah. to find ways of being able to sift uh, through that rubbish so i think there will always be pockets of the internet that will throw up trash reddit for instance you know you will find that you will find it that on most social yeah. media sites you will find uh, but I, i i do think that brands have become a little again they have wisened up they have become a little smarter but it, to regulate it is not easy and i think uh, a yeah. lot of brands are struggling with how to get that right hmm you know uh, you, let's switch topics and uh, there's one thing that you mentioned earlier on uh, like today anybody can create a brand uh, and i can also sit at home and come up with an idea and i can start creating in a brand right it can be just my initials am and it's there a little bit uh, today to be very transparent i'm trying to do something around am now right uh the you know these concepts of creating brand and you being a brand company developing brands big brands right where do you see brand building really moving towards right any person sitting at home with a laptop today can create their own logos can create their own brand guidelines you know there are tools which allow them to give them ideas and they can tweak those ideas and then make it their own uh, where do you see that space and then companies like yours you know is there a threat or is there an opportunity or is there like an overlap which is there in both 
which will continue to exist no i think you know i think there is both an opportunity and a threat you know i mean both are true i mean the threat is the fact mm-hmm. that of course the fact that you know why would you come to a specialist uh, you know uh, sort of an outfit so what we do is we help uh, you know brands uh, you know which have got you know which are in the early stages of creation to get their strategy right we help them sort of you know right uh, and and we create brands of our own also uh, you know uh, in the same way mm-hmm. so that's that's what we do so we are both an advisory sort of company as well as a, a brand creation company so i think for mm-hmm. us the opportunity is the fact that you know there are a whole bunch of people who have come up launched their own brands and then realized that it's not that easy because you know and that's what has happened right. i think there was a time when i think 2 or 3 years ago to create a brand was genuinely easy because the funding uh, ecosystem was very benign it was open to all ideas the funding ecosystem system has become much more disciplined now and and it's not easy to raise money uh, nowhere near as easy as it was a few years ago secondly yeah. uh, digital has become much more expensive facebook and google have have you know are squeezing uh, brands yeah. and are extracting a lot out of brands and therefore it's now it, earlier it was very easy and cheap now it is still easy but it's not cheap mm-hmm. uh, so that's the other factor that has happened and thirdly competition has just gone through the roof yeah where you know everybody because everybody comes up with the brand of their own eventually consumers appetite is limited and bandwidth yeah. is limited mm-hmm. so i think the opportunity comes from the fact that because there is proliferation there is a second order uh, of of clarity that you seek and and therefore there is room for organizations like ours who they come to but at the same level time you know because everybody can create a brand uh, there is always greater competition and to that extent there is a threat but yeah. i think it's more much more opportunity than threat and you know just building on to this and speaking about competition today i see there are so many companies now claiming that they can build a brand they can do marketing well they can do all of that you know do you see consolidation happening because at one point there was a big wave of consolidation which happened in your space right uh you know you now talk about those big media companies which did a major consolidation and they became the house of brands themselves uh, do you see that happening soon within your space as well because there's so much of proliferation happening not immediately um okay. uh, because i think the, the honest truth is the reason why it will not happen is because it is not lucrative hmm you know what what the, the point is that you know yeah what happens is that when it comes to unless a business aggregation yields you know disproportionate rewards yeah there isn't a, a, a fundamental sort of a need felt to aggregate businesses here the rewards are are not that great so uh, in time they might become uh, you know greater but but for instance you know our model is the fact that we we are a venture builder company hmm. right uh, and a venture builder so our we are purely dependent on the success of our clients yeah uh, for our success uh, right and so how does the success you know, model works how does the success model so, works in your space no so the success model is the fact that you know we would uh, when we work with a company we take an equity stake in it on the basis and and what we provide are we might put in some money but it's okay. not a it's not a cash forward uh, sort of a proposition it's a brand forward proposition hmm. so what we what we are doing is the, but the uh, essentially what we are providing them with is with uh, is with service mm-hmm. on brand thinking on brand execution we provide them the ability to actually scale up their brand mm-hmm. that is the service that we provide and uh, in return for which we take equity so uh, you know this model to my mind has it's not as if they haven't been very large players yeah. they've been huge players yes and there are huge players who have come and gone also yeah i mean you know you've had thrasio for instance which was the biggest player yeah. in this in the us which is in you know insolvency so yes. i mean you know it's uh, so so i think that, in fact we think that there is uh, more scope for a smaller uh, and what we do is much more early stage work mm-hmm. so we actually are in that sense it's a much lower cost model which starts at at the very 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 early and where we are uh, sort of scaling up to a certain level and after which we will want to divest Hmm. uh and and to hand it over to a uh, somebody else who has more money and is is a more capital forward kind of a uh, and and a proposition yeah. so i think for us I, i i see this as a in i actually see this as a more sustainable model than those who come in with big money acquire brands at at a, a huge cost 
and then are talking about scaling it up from a hundred crore to a thousand crore. I see that as a much more challenging task than trying to get to a hundred crore. Hmm. Uh, so, uh, so in that sense, I mean, it's it's how you read the market. Yeah. Our reading of the market is that this is a better space to be. Sure. And do you typically invest in or? uh you know or when i say invest maybe it's not a right word but do you partner or do you uh, make those right strategic moves with certain size is it like people who are 0 to 10 1 to 10 or 10 to 50 or 50 to 100 pretty much pretty much we are our bulk of our uh, uh, partnerships or or creation are see we create brands of course which is from zero so that okay. is absolutely zero to one that wow. is absolutely zero to one but in most cases it is it is uh, either you know a zero To a ten crore, or or it'll be at best it might be zero to thirty. Hmm. I mean, it is not. But we are looking at really small, very small, early stage uh, ideas that we believe have potential. Hmm. Interesting. But how do you then take it forward? Because taking a punt on a business which is at zero, right? Uh, it almost means that you will have a VC arm which will. within your own company right which will be evaluating the markets will be evaluating trends trends you all follow trends so nobody but trends from an overall business environment perspective and all of that so do you have like an arm which just focuses on that now so, so my own company actually does a lot of the trend work i mean yeah. in the sense that we do a lot of consumer work yeah. and i think overall you know even the past experience of of uh, the uh, other people uh, you know who are involved yeah comes from working with consumers at a you know in a very sort of a focused and a, and and really closely working with consumers so we back our ability to to be able to sort of spot an idea that has consumer resonance whether it is right or wrong time will tell mm-hmm. but but we uh, you know we back our ability to do that and there is a process that we follow uh, internally uh, but uh, we feel confident that you know we have the kind of people that we need to to make that judgment santosh talking about people and you know and you mentioned you have the right level of people um, and this is more personal question for you than uh, largely for your organization when you started your career in the space of brand building and brand management and advertising space i'm sure you've had your own share of learnings where you've done variety of jobs right and i have heard people in this space and a lot lot of people in the ad space that you had to even take reels and move from one place to another and you've done a courier job also where where you're taking the reels of the ads and going to the production house and yada 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 and there i'm sure you've have lot of these stories when you look at that era of building careers in this space versus now people doing an mba doing a some level of advertising degree coming and say hey i want to build brand day one Yeah. Uh, do you see a big transition which has happened over the last decades? Yeah. No, I think I think so. I think although I also did an MBA and came into advertising, but that didn't help. Yeah. Uh, you know, you still have to go through the grind. Uh, yeah. But uh, but but I think I think uh, and you know, at the risk of sounding like an old fogey who says that oh, in my time it was so difficult. No, no, no. You, you are not. But you know, at the but no, but you know, there is some truth always in that. But I think I think uh, what has changed is that. see technology has changed it's like i remember that since you know uh, you don't have the kind of problems with printing you don't have the concept of artworks yeah. uh, you don't have the you know you don't have a spray painter who's trying to you know finish a, a you know and whatever uh, you know or you don't have a quarter tone finish i mean you know those things will be alien to people because technology is more i used to write presentations and type them out on a electric typewriter and then you know all of that and stay yeah. up nights at uh, studios to get the slides out so all of that was part of i think what it did i mean apart from the fact that you had to do it you didn't have a choice was the fact that i think it kept you grounded and it kept a, you know which is always a good idea which is the reason yeah. why uh, even mbas go through a sales training even if you're going into marketing there is a certain it's important to sort of from the world of theory to get a root shock in the early stage of the real world I, so it doesn't matter you know what that form it takes but just that principle the fact that you, that that you know from a, a certain ivory tower existence to the the reality of the world that transition sh- there should be a mechanism that allows you to make that adjustment and i think what you find today is that that mechanism is not always present mm-hmm. and in the absence of that mechanism what happens is the fact that you know also it has other consequences you know in your head what happens is that when you've done that there is always a voice 
yeah. that keeps you real. You know, there's always a voice. You've heard the voice of the street. A lot of it has to do with growing up. I mean, I can't say it's my advertising early experience only that did that. A lot of it did I because I grew up in a in, in a very middle class kind of a way, and so therefore there is there is a certain groundedness. Even that, I think, that today's generation does not have that opportunity. They live far more. My children, for instance, live far more cloistered lives. You know, they are yeah. much more. You know, it's a it's it, they don't have the kind of so, particularly in an industry which which thrives on consumer connection. Mm-hmm. I mean, the absence. So even you've not had the opportunity to have. Connected with with more kind of uh, you know real things uh, while you've grown up, nor do you get that opportunity to rough it out a little bit in the early days. I think it can have a limiting effect on 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 you in your career. But beyond that, I mean, I I don't I am not I am not one who uh, you know accords the blame to the younger generation as being A or B or C. It's just circumstances. I mean, I think yeah. it's it's the content. I didn't ask for a middle class upbringing. Yeah. I got it. Right. I certainly did not enjoy, you know, sitting at the printers or sitting, you know, in a studio, mm-hmm. you know, waiting for my artwork to come out. But I had no option, so I can romanticize it when I look back on it. But at that time, I hated every minute of it. Yeah. So we all have done our share bit of, you know, those jobs which we all hated. Yeah. And hindsight, that now we all think and we say, oh, we've done all of this. But you know. Um, because of that ruffling and you know not being in that cocoon which today in a way many of the generations are today has that impacted creativity because being through that process also invoked a lot of thoughts right uh, today with the advent of phones you know somewhere we are kind of in that scroll mindset right we keep scrolling scrolling and don't get time to think which has an impact on your creative skills and creativity Do you think creativity as a skill is also deteriorating over a period of time? I think in the industry it is, but overall it is not. I okay. think in the industry it is deteriorating. I think it clearly is. Uh, you can see the effects all around you. Yeah. Even there, I would I would shy away from using a blanket term like deteriorating. I think in some formats, I see it sort of becoming sterile. But on some other formats, it's still you know because you are learning the digital format, so there is still some some you know you do see some. Uh, uh, creative sparks, mm-hmm. but I think it is outside the industry, like I was saying earlier, where I see a lot of creativity. And there, because you have a lot of people who never had access to any creative form, uh, any yeah. form of creative expression, they suddenly have now access, and so suddenly you are seeing people who, would in their wildest dreams, never been have, have have been able to create anything, are creating something, and therefore that untapped creativity, that that. you know pent up creativity that that has existed in the larger population has suddenly you know has has, has sprung forth and and therefore i i actually think that we are seeing we are part of a, a time when there is a creative revolution happening uh it's only that we don't see it we are seeing for instance cinema although bollywood seems to have lost its way but we certainly are seeing new kinds of cinema in ott we are kind of seeing new kinds of storytelling that that is taking place on reels we are seeing again a completely new kind of stand up comics we are seeing this whole you know whole surge of stand up comics across yeah. the the class spectrum so so i, I think it would be it would be, and music we are seeing some very interesting in the uh, sort of ventures so i think there is a lot of creativity that is have taking place a lot of creative expression only in the advertising and the marketing in the space i think strangely uh, i think we are seeing the opposite yeah and just talking about the advertising and the entire space of brand building and all of that if i look back there was one thing which was unique uh which was an ecosystem right uh which was there and if you got into that ecosystem you could learn you could thrive and all of that that over a period of time that ecosystem has kind of shrunk and then there has these parallel universes which have come up but have not been linked as an ecosystem do you think that bringing that ecosystem or having that ecosystem built in this new space and this new era will enhance what what's happening right now because if i look and just talking about the advertising space itself if i look at the kind of ads you all thrived on each other's knowledge and ideas right which really helped you all build further your idea stories uh, somewhere it's getting dispersed so much that that ecosystem is not enjoying it anymore look i have been outside the advertising industry in a formal sense yeah. now for all, over 15 years right so yeah. so i mean you know i i am not sure exactly how that interconnectedness that used to be you know the fact that you know if another agency did some work 
yeah. uh, that would instantly goad you to do something else. You know, and there was always that healthy playing of Play. of each other, which which yes. and and there was a very shared kind of an connected kind of a world. Hmm. Uh, I cannot say for certainty that that doesn't exist. I I don't know enough today to be able to make that statement. Hmm. But I do. I mean, I I do feel that that because the, a whole lot of other worlds have also grown up around the advertising world. I think the fact that the centrality that it had, that the, the cohesion that it had, yes, has got scattered, yep. and and so you have a lot of related. So everybody saw it in the OTT world, all of them, somebody or the other, some connection with advertising you will always find. Yeah, in cinema now you find some connection with the ad. Somebody would have made an ad film, somebody would work somewhere. So, so it's an interconnected world, but it perhaps does not quite work as a network. Yes, you know where it it kind of supports each other. possibly but i i you know i can't say for sure because i i've been out of you need to be inside the industry to be able to sort of uh, you know make a fair assessment of that yeah and then we all have grown up watching movies and all which kind of showed this ecosystem and how it thrived and how it had its undercurrents also and underbellies also but it had its own uh, thriving moments and how it really brought those stories out into the market um you know and speaking about worlds uh, santosh just pivoting back to your current company uh what are one or two areas which is really fascinating you now and you really want to build brands in that space which is becoming very interesting no i you know lot of areas are fascinating right now for instance you know there are a lot of areas that is i find so so the areas that have energy in india uh, you know for the last few years in fact no it's not just recent but it's for the last few years are you know certainly in the personal grooming and and uh, beauty industry you have uh, a lot of excitement that has happened mm-hmm. you have a lot of interest in in the new areas the the uh, the meeting ground between food and health mm-hmm. food is an area of great interest because mm-hmm. i think there is so much uh, that has happened and so much that is still happening in food i think our whole palette has opened out and there is so many sub kind of a uh, threads that that you know and, uh, and currents that you have in terms of food uh which is which is uh, fascinating so i think these are some of the areas that we are looking at we are looking at food we are uh, you know in a big way we are looking at beauty uh fashion always continues to be of uh, interest and we are also looking at health okay because uh, those are areas where we find that uh, a lot has happened but a lot still can happen yep i'm i'm wearing devices on my hand right now which track my health every day every minute yeah. and many of those startups are actually from india uh so that's yeah, fascinating absolutely. how that space is evolving but when you when you talk about these uh, these spaces right uh, when you look at food s- scale is as a challenge beauty scale is easily possible um health again it's possible but it has a lot of regulations it has its own uh, aspects uh it, the reason what the question which i'm trying to get at is picking a bet you know that you are going to get only till here with this particular space right so uh, how do you ensure that okay you understand that the limitations which that industry will have but also when you talk about grooming right today men grooming is becoming a big category right a lot of new brands are showing up in that space and men are becoming serious at least in india about their own personal grooming uh but it's still a smaller population it's not a widespread news or a widespread adoption in in that space so how do you ensure that you know that there is that upper limit to it and you will not be able to scale yeah no i think i think you know not all brands have to scale up to 1000 crores hmm. i mean i don't think that is a the model mental model we have that we must choose brands that are infinitely scalable yeah. uh, we have to choose uh, we look at brands that are scalable uh with but with profitability hmm. so there is a certain degree of scale so you you want the brand to be a healthy size but you want it to be uh and i think this is a this is a you know vc driven mindset that we've gone into where where we are looking at you know we look at 40% growth year on year as being you know peanuts hmm. right i mean you know unless you get unless you are doubling every year you don't think that you're growing yeah i think this is a unsustainable model Hmm. and it is based on greed rather than on anything else yeah and 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 so we don't necessarily you know if if our brand grows at 100% every year you know uh, that is great but that is not if that becomes the basis on which you make investments or the basis on which you make choices then that is not sustainable that is not india as a market is shallow yeah it is a shallow market and if you do not find models that are not dependent 
on your you know on your growing at a at a breakneck speed mm-hmm. uh, year on year on year then then you know uh, then that's always going to be a problem that's number one number two since we are looking at very early stage our role is to bring a brand to a viable size where the the person who takes the brand off us is able to see potential for the next level of scale hmm. right fortunately the 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 funding ecosystem is is you know is kind of subdivided enough for people to you know take an interest at every level of you know of scale yeah and and so we are not looking to scale it you know to a huge level to begin with we are living to scale it at a level at which you can see potential you can see profit mm-hmm. and we are saying that whether it is a strategic investor or whether it is another uh, uh, organization broadly like ours which has a which comes in at a different stage of uh, inve- you know of of the brand uh, finds it interesting for them so that is our interest but mm-hmm. overall i have to make the point that you know uh, i think more and more i think brands and 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 the funding ecosystem has to be alive to the fact that there is only so much by way of un, you know of annual growth that you can expect yeah. india as a market being what it is yeah. you know these these shams and unfortunately many of the startups have failed the doubling growth and not having right. profitability burning cash flows uh is completely dwindling down and it's heartening to hear from you uh that uh, you are uh, because i have uh been through a lot of these journeys myself uh you know i work in a corporate setup and i have seen a lot of people say oh you don't have that growth but hey we have amazing profitability which none of our peer groups would have probably as an example exactly. right uh because business is all about making money right and if you were just burning money then it's not a business anymore uh, and it's heartening to hear that but you know convincing a startup founder that hey you need to build business rather than burn money is it easy for you when you talk to a lot of young founders and startups actually it is it is it is uh, see the natural instinct of business so a lot of see depends so there are a lot yeah. of startups who come from a from a family background of business yes and therefore you know for them that is the way they have always seen business mm-hmm. business has always been made about making money it is, you yes. know, this, this is a new world for them they are yeah. in fact scared of this so there is there is one kind of a entrepreneur who is comforted by the fact that you know you're looking at profits but mm-hmm. there is another who has been seduced or who has been you know by the idea of valuation and are yeah. you know in it because they don't necessarily come from a business background mm-hmm. or even if they do it's the next generation and has different ideas yeah there i think it can you know uh, the fact that oh so you're not talking about an exit which gives us you know 5x you know in 3 years uh, is something that that you know uh, you know takes time but given the funding ecosystem i think everybody recognizes it i i think uh, the fact that you know this is not something that that needs too much convincing because simply because people uh, know today that you know the world has changed and and uh, it is not what it used to be uh, yeah. a few years ago now the world has completely transformed in the last one 18 months i would say with all yeah, the absolutely colossal failures which have happened in the market not just in india but globally right the global trends have forced a lot of indian folks to change now santosh this has been a fascinating conversation uh, you know and i know you've taken some time out from your personal time off uh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show and hopefully the audience will glean a lot of insights and amazing nuggets from our conversation today no thank you so much anish it was an absolute pleasure Thank you.